Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. You are listening to episode 95 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I am Matthew. Scarlett. And I am Ryan. Uh, we definitely encourage uh, feedback and you participate in the discussion. An uh, easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can also find me on Instagram. I'm at Colonel underscore Tux. That's K-E-R-N-E-L underscore T-U-X. And um, you can find us on on Twitter at HOV Podcast. You can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady. That's T-H-E-F-U-C-H-I-A-L-A-D-Y. And you can also reach us at hovpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail for us at 231-846-8420. And you can find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you from Nerd Station Studio. (laughs) And um, I do want to make sure that we acknowledge one thing, that we we are recording this on uh, Memorial Day weekend, so I just want to put out put out there to all of the people that have served or are currently serving. Um, thank you um, for for your uh, for your service and allow, allowing us to and to even us the freedoms that we cur- currently enjoy. So I just wanted to make make sure that I got that sent sent out into the universe. And um, I, I've we've made we've made mention uh, before that a number of uh, changes are going to be take, taking place, and are hoping that most most of it uh, the people out there lis- listening to this wouldn't really quote unquote see that it wouldn't really. I, I was trying to less you know lessen the eff- effect and everything, but one one of the change changes uh, actually in. Uh, has to in, in, entails changing our RSS feed, so um, I've already updated the uh, the subscribe link to and on our on, on our homepage. It's right right across the top. It says subscribe, and um, I'm I'm quote unquote t- you know I'm talk, talking with the ver- with the uh, iTunes and the and the other uh, podcatchers and everything that are. That that we uh, pu- publish to to you know kind of up, update to the new new URL. So I'm hoping. Uh, oh. Someone's That's, at the door. <laughs> knock it on wood. I'm hoping that all you that you would have to do is that at some point just unsubscribe. What whatever you're subscribing us through, just unsubscribe and then resubscribe. So. Um, the, the if you're current currently a subscriber with us with the RSS feed that we've had for a while, um, I I um, 
I I know it's a bit of an inconvenience, but just to let you know that we're updating our RSS feeds, our, our RSS feeds, so to a more uh, permanent um, platform, so that if we have to make other changes, that if you're a subscriber, you won't see any, and you won't you won't you won't have to. You won't have to do this every time we have to make a change in the background. So that that's that's the main reason why um, you had to change the RSS feed. So to future proof against this. <laughs> so hope, hopefully that that uh, go that this goes as smoothly as possible. So and um, since we're going to be uh, making some changes here in the very near future, it's important that you update your RSS feed so you don't miss out on what's coming. So there's exactly. going to be some really fun things in store. So you definitely want to make sure you're not missing out. Exactly. So I wanted I wanted to make the RSS feed change first before anything else because that um, that it's um, I wanted to make sure we gave every one of our uh, lovely subscribers, a ch a chance to uh, to change to the new RSS uh, feed with and not be le left in the dark. So, um, I we I will be mentioning this <laughs> like ev uh, at the head of every episode and uh, for for some time here just to make sure that you know we get it out to as many of our current subscribers that they're that. Unfortunately, we're having to make this change so that it's not just a whoop, whoop, surprise. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there, so the, that's, uh, going on. And, um, we actually did get a, a com comment from, um, on our, uh, episode in which we, uh, in interviewed, uh, uh, Julia Nguyen. And um, it's uh, from uh, she posted a comment on our website uh, from Tamara, and this is our very first comment for the podcast, I believe, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And so um, it's actually in three uh, paragraphs. So each one of us will take one. Um, I I learned something while while listening to this podcast. I now now know what imposter syndrome is. The guest nor the host elaborated on it, so I had to look it up. Look it up, boy! I, I was surprised by what I found out. I did not know a lot of uh, college minority stu students suffer from imposter syndrome. Myself, I am African American, so I had to think think if I have ever had any emotions associated with with imposter syndrome. So here, here's a few things to, to take on that. Now, first off, uh, Tamara, we, we do appreciate your, your comment, and I'm glad that you gave us a lot to uh, a lot of feedback. We do appreciate that, and we highly encourage that for anyone. Absolutely. Regardless of whether we're interviewing somebody or whether we're just uh, the three of us here in, here in a Nerd Station studio. <laughs> so uh, one thing that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to touch on with uh, the first part of your comment, Tamara, was that uh, when it was brought up regarding imposter syndrome is uh, we don't really have much uh, prep time in the way that how we can address something that's brought up during interviews. It was, right. it was something that mm -hmm. we didn't know was going to be mentioned in terms of Julia's background. So for us to really give a lot of, a lot you know, to elaborate on what imposter syndrome is, that's something that unfortunately we were kind of, well, 
we just had to take it at face value. One, we can't minimize what Julia's experiences are because we didn't live with those. So we had to make sure that we had to be respectful of where she was coming from in her position. But I do applaud you for taking the initiative as an audience listener to go and learn about it yourself. And that really speaks to the volume of the intellectual curiosity in our audience. And I think that is something that it really should be commended. So I do commend you for that. Absolutely. And, and also anytime, you know, we bring up at, you know, whatever top topic, I mean, what, what, we're just we're just sharing our opinion, opinions about what about what what we know and hope and hopefully bring, um, do it in such a way that if you're curious about you find find out you know you learn 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 about 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 it and make make up your own op- opinion about it and kind of make up your own um, make up your own mind. We're just kind of sharing our um, you know from from our own lens. So and for us, I mean, let's. You know, let's be no. Let's uh, let's face it. I mean, this was our first interview. We weren't going to hit it completely out of the ballpark on the first swing. <laughs> so, there to our end, we could have asked, "Hey, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Can you tell us what that what that is? Can you elaborate on that?" So, I so to uh, to uh, Tamara's point, yeah, that's where we could have probably done a little bit more follow up. But as as always with new experiences, we'll, we learn by doing. So. Hopefully, when we get around to getting our next guest, when we have a next guest, we'll be able to be a little more uh, cognizant of better questions and more solid follow-up questions to ask. So definitely thank you for that. If one of you wanted to read the next one. Oh, okay, I'll take this one. On the other hand, I got very lost in the computer technical jargon. I do not understand computer science, and there were parts of the conversation that focused specifically on the academic structure of the computer science career. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see how someone that isn't technical would be kind of mm-hmm. lo- lost by that because she she Julia did uh, talk a lot about like it was you know inside baseball kind of stuff where you know some someone that's not at all technical and not have any kind of idea of frame framework and i mean it'd be like talking greek to somebody all right right but on the other hand i don't think it was so i think it was more speaking to her background yeah than anything right because it wouldn't have come up i don't think as much if it hadn't been a big part of her background and what led her to start this and the big another thing to consider is that her background was essentially one of the fundamental pillars in the motivation to move forward with if me same with right. you know, living with the experiences she had i mean those were very understandably so motivating pieces to develop this project mm-hmm. so it's understandable that that would be a very big piece of the puzzle for oh the yeah conversation right and i think that I was prepared for a more technical, a more... More technical language? Yeah, more Mm -hmm. technical lingo type thing. And actually, she was very approachable, very down-to-earth. Oh, yeah. Very conversational, and that kind of surprised me. Yeah. So it was a pleasant surprise. Right, and it's understandable that for something that can be so tech-heavy to, in one way, serve a very niche percentage of the audience and and accidentally and unintentionally alienate those who may not be as tech-minded. So uh, 
Again, we learned by doing our yeah, first interview. Yeah. So uh, just more things to keep in mind for when we get an, our next guest. And of course, the next guest could be operating from an entirely different background and an exactly. entirely different set of life experiences. So it may be something that none of us are familiar with. I know that uh, speaking just for myself, I mean, I have very limited uh, hands-on knowledge with coding and programming and things of that sort. I have my own set of skills and I know you do too, Ryan, but if we get someone who can do some, we'll just, we'll, let's just pick a random field here. Let's say social work. Uh -huh. That's something that I certainly have no experience. Me neither. In, and it would be definitely a learning experience for all of us to then ask. So you mentioned subject matter A. Can you elaborate more on what subject matter A for those in our audience who may not be familiar with what subject matter A entails? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Exactly. I'll take the last one since it directly um, involves me. Lastly, I noticed that the guest question hostess Scarlett about the terminology she was using during the conversation, particularly OCD and crazy. I like how Scarlett was able to articulate to the audience why she was using these terms and the context of using these terms. Um, this is excellent public speaking. The other host did a wonderful job of asking the guest relevant questions. Keep up the good work. I was, I didn't, I think I, I started to unintentionally offend Julia a little bit, but then I could explain it and she was right. like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, it was very glib. It was a very glib comment mm -hmm. on my part. And um, it's not because I take mental illness glibly. Like if that's a word. Um, it is. You're but good. I... Because I live with mental illness, Mr. my whole English thing degree. is, you know, um, because I live with mental illness, I just, I, it's a, it's a part of me. So I don't, I don't always censor myself when talking to other people who may be struggling or may have a different struggle, right? a different take on their mental health. So, and I have no filter. So, and that's just my personality. So I had to back up and go, whoa, whoa, what I meant by this is, right. you know, so that's kind of where I was coming from is because I live with it. It's just a part of me. Um, I met somebody this week who I had, I had offhandedly mentioned, you know, I'm bipolar. I understand exactly what that feels like. And she was like really fascinated. It's like she had never met somebody who really had bipolar disorder. So she was asking me a lot of questions. I'm happy to talk about it. I don't consider, when I first got my diagnosis, I thought the world was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. But now that I've lived with it for a couple of years and I understand my pathology, I guess, that I, I don't stigmatize myself. It's just a part, it's an extension of who I am. It is not, it does not define what I am. It just is an extension of who I am. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It goes back to your analogy about what the glove box is. Yes. In that yes. interview. Yes, exactly. That, and if you missed it, the glove box analogy is that when I first got diagnosed, Ryan pointed out to me, he says, let's say you have a car, you have a glove, par glove box, but you don't know what that glove compartment's called. And then one day somebody tells you what it's called. Now, does that change the functionality of the glove box does it change what it does does it change anything about the glove box other than you have a name for it and 
when he put it to me that way, I was like, no. So I guess I'm still a glove box and I still, I guess I'm just me. It just, just explains why I behave the way that I do. So yeah, that's a good analogy. And I, and I definitely want to uh, reach out and say thank you for take for taking the time to uh, po- post a post a comment. So I definitely ap- appreciate uh, that, thank you. that feedback. Yes, thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and I happen to know Tamara, and she's awesome. So I just had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and and hopefully we'll see more uh, audience participation in the um, in the weeks and months ahead. Yeah. Especially yeah. with our new changes exactly. that will be exactly rolling exactly. out. So again, change your RSS feeds. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, do any uh, up- updates or anything going on with uh, Matthew Scribbles? Yes and no, unfortunately. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I keep coming every time that uh, I see something about the bedtime series project and something fails to launch with it or partially launches with it, or I have to do something else regarding the launch. It feels like, and you, everybody has seen this as kids growing up, you're watching cartoons and you have the two same characters that are running past the same table and lamp over and over and over again. And that's what this is starting to feel like. So I did follow through on my word. I made good on it. I launched bedtime stories project on May 11th as as, as intended, however, I ended up finding myself working very extensive hours shortly thereafter, which unfortunately meant that bedtime stories I had to put to bed for a little while until I write out this extra session of work. And once that's done, I will be able to pick it back up again and make it a more consistent effort. So this isn't something that I plan to do in a half-ass fashion. I'm going to use my whole ass. So <laughs> it is a thing I do intend to follow through on this and I'm I'm very glad that the initial installment got some really good uh really really good upvotes uh, from the Instagram community and I was very very happy to have the the comment from my friend Diana at Little Miss Battle Contour who I have lauded heaps and heaps of praise on in past <laughs> installments of HOV podcast. So it was good to get a very, uh, a very good start on it and had work my, you know, my actual job, not uh, taken priority. I would have had at least a few more uh, uh, offerings to share with you. I do have one that I was going to publish on mother's day. Unfortunately, that's going to remain unpublished for a while uh, just simply because I was running into technical difficulties with getting that ready and by the time it was ready, Mother's Day was gone. So uh, I'll, I'll just keep that one in my back pocket for a while until it's until I feel it's ready. So it is something that I do want to keep going on with and move forward with. So uh, that being said, uh, I do want to look ahead to uh, to June's theme. Now, last year I did. Uh, I did a, a summer of love theme for June. I don't know if I'm going to return to that. However, I did get a little piece of inspiration from Twitter. And I know that there is something currently going on in Twitter right now regarding a uh, regarding something involving music. So bear with me while I pull that up. Right now, that is a 30-day music challenge. So 
as June has 30 days, what I may be doing is writing some writing some pieces regarding the 30-day music challenge and how each day represents a specific song that was important. So I'm just going to look at this list right now, and I'm just going to pick a day. We'll just say day 18, okay. which happens to be a, a song from the year you were born. So there may be some mentions of a particular song that came out during the year of my birth. I will not say what that is. <laughs> and incorporating that into a specific piece somehow. So it's definitely a unique challenge, but it there really could be some interesting parallels between the 30-day music challenge I found on Twitter and how I can adapt it to something that's more more literary, a little bit more poetic. Or for example, we'll, we'll just say day day 12. Day 12 is a song that you left from 2011. And of course, all of this can be it can mean anything for anybody, but 2011 why, was a very interesting year for me. Why, so, why didn't they do that for day 11? Too easy. <laughs> they probably had enough to come up with. And, to, and when they realized, oh, it's day 12, like, crap, I could have <laughs> used that yesterday. I was just curious. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> but some other examples, a song from a song that makes you think about life, a song by a band or a group that you wish was still together or a song that needs to be played loud. So you got some good good material to work yeah. on here. So this is something that I'm going to eventually start starting on June 1st. What day is that? Is that Thursday? I think that's Thursday. Mm-hmm. So so look for that starting on Thursday of uh, Thursday, June 1st. Or if you're not listening to this anytime this week and it's already happened, well, hey, guess what? You, you It's already happening for you. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's something that if, if it doesn't happen because I'm overworking, don't hate me for it. <laughs> I will get to this. <laughs> so, so, so uh, Ryan, what's going on with you? <laughs> yeah. So I do, I do, I definitely want to acknowledge that, um, yeah, like, I mean, life kind of got in the way. And so we got, yes, we, we missed recording. <laughs> yeah. So. You didn't want us trying to record. We, we just, time. yeah. We, yeah. Just a whole lot of, I, yeah, we just, we had a lot of mental. A lot of real life stuff happening life and we stuff, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes you just need to take a break, you know? <laughs> right. So unfortunately you got me for four straight shows. <laughs> 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 you might not be so lucky next time. So, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, th- things are happening with my, re- with my real job. And so, yeah, I've just like, like like Matthew and work work has in, has increased so I've just been deal, dealing with that, and um, I meant I mentioned um, in the uh, in our previous ep- episode that I had purchased a ne- next uh, Nexus Five and and imme- immediately after and Im- immediately after I opened the package 2013 called they wanted their phone back, and uh, <laughs> and I. Purchase it with with the um, in, intent of trying of trying Ubuntu Touch. Well, not long after this, um, uh, cannot, I'll, I'll try not not to get all detailing in because <laughs> yeah, I their parent company. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, they're the uh, their 
parent company did, um, decided to go pu- go public and focus more on the on uh, the en- their enterprisey kind of in- installations Commercial. and yeah, Commercial. and they're putting their mo- their mobile pro- Ubuntu Touch. They're putting that on hiatus, <laughs> and so I would, and so I, I was a little bummed out about that because I'm all, I'm. Uh, mm, I well, I have my issues with Android, and it's not it's not because it's like the Google Big Brother kind kind of thing. It's just the security wise, it makes me nervous <laughs> because Google pushes the updates out to the uh, to the manufacturers. They don't push it out to the operating system itself, and it's up to the manufacturers and the carriers as to whether whether or not they want to push. Uh, Put push those up, updates out to their to their phones, which uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'm so I'm always look looking more for a you know more Linuxy type type of explorations with in in this space because we had Firefox OS for a bit and then Mozilla couldn't keep up with it, <laughs> and and so there there are some other other ones prior prior to that, um, and so there there's other players that are built building stuff. So I'm always kind of like look, um, right? But yeah, so that that was the main reason why I was starting this. So um. So now, so now I'm kind of back to square one, because <laughs> uh, the granted, yes, it's a four-year-old phone, but it also wasn't cheap. <laughs> so I want to make use of it somehow, but you know, um, well, the I have a Galaxy S4, which is seven, like seven months older than the <laughs> than the Nexus Five, and the up, updates that <laughs> I got my last update on it last year. <laughs> so I am kind so. Yeah, that that was so. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I think I think I've totally totally run run the course of what I was what I was going to say on this subject. But um, yeah, he's looking at me because my eyes just glazed over. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> talk about techni- technical babble. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, while with me, that's where you get a lot of the time, but. Um, just, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm no, I'm noticing more that as far as my, uh, pet projects, you know, the little projects that I do outside of work, whatever, that I need to like be spinning like a lot of plates. <laughs> like I kind of like, like every two weeks I find, find myself kind of do moving on to another little pet, pet pro pet project and that, you know, so welcome to my world. What do you mean? Every two weeks, <laughs> it's every other day. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, hobbies outside of work, <laughs> you know, that's what I mean by pet projects. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't, I, I might, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> more rambling. <laughs> so, this is something that we did not cover before we started uh, recording today, but I wanted to get your opinions on. The passing of Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah. And Ryan has this puzzled look on his face. But uh, that we is, talked that is, about that is, this. that is not a name that I recognize. We talked about this. He was the guy in Soundgarden, and um, oh, lead singer of Soundgarden. Uh, okay, part of Audio yeah, Slave. Audio, Audio Slave, and he committed suicide. Oh, we talked about this briefly. 
Probably one day I, when I you ne- came home and you were. Eh. Well, yeah, yeah. I was pretty. I was pretty much a raggedy Andy, and you know. My first thing was that's just sad. He was on tour, and he was staying at a hotel. And he, I don't know how he. I don't know how it happened, but I did hear about it. Yeah, my first thought was that's just how. And it's weird because I'll I'll just I'll just say this. Um I was having suicidal ideations a couple of weeks ago, really struggling. And yet I would never I would never go that way. I would never you'll never see me going out that way. And the reason why is I, I know I when I was a teenager I had somebody uh I knew somebody who committed suicide and it was just always just life is not that nothing is worth that to me so how much pressure does someone have to feel to go through with it Mm -hmm. and having suicidal ideations i when you're in it you you feel like there's no way out so and what i was going through was nothing compared to probably somebody like that who has so much more pressure and so much more, what, what were the signs? Were there any signs? Because sometimes there's not. Mm-hmm. So it just makes, it, it just made me stop. I think it got me out of my feeling sorry for myself. Because here's somebody in far more pain than I was. And because you have to be to actually go through with it. That was my thought. And I've struggled with suicide ide- suicidal ideations since I was a teenager off and on so but I would I I made up my mind I would never go out like that I think I think it's I've always thought it was a coward's way out but when you're in a lot of pain mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like that's your only option so my first thought was what was driving him to actually, how much, how much pain do you, what was going on in his mind? Right. And I, my heart just went out. My heart just went out to him. You know, feeling that heaviness because I've been there, but not, not to the extent that I would ever, I don't think, I, I don't think I would ever go through with it. But still my heart went out to somebody who did. There was a uh, an, or- an article I had read and that his wife at his funeral had uh, said that she was uh, she was uh, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the article right in front of me, but that she, she was sorry that he was alone when it happened, yeah. and that for whatever reason that just really grabbed me that when you're at that spot when anyone would be at that spot, you do feel that you're alone, regardless of whether you're in a crowded room or you're performing mm-hmm. on a stage or you're just by, you know, really just, you are the one person in the room. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have a good support system. So I've always been able to come out of it by confiding in somebody, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. Um, when I was younger, I kept it all to myself. So, just to feel that, yeah, that was my, that, that kind of struck me too, that here you are on tour, 
and yet you're you're feeling that alone. It just yeah. Yeah, I've never I've never had that. Um, the um, I don't I don't have like any moral stance on on suicide. Like I I've never thought that it was the co- the coward's way out because you don't know like the exactly. level of pain that they're exactly. going through. I mean, let let's take someone who's like it like has like stage. I mean, this this is obviously an extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, extreme case let's say someone has like stage four cancer and they've constant i mean they they started treating with like stage one and it's just been a slow descent where they you know they're now now they're at, at state at stage four and they're just like slow i mean if the and anyone that like takes their own life in that situation is a fucking hero to me because yeah. I mean, they're, they're just living in constant pain. I mean, that's no way. I mean, that's, that's no way to live. And taking, I think it's, and I'm all for assisted suicide mm-hmm. um, for the terminally ill, because I think it's really, you're choosing how to live your life and how to go out. And I'm all for that. Um, it's just, you know, I've always heard, well, you know, it's the cardinal sin. You're going to go to hell. You know what? If I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to be there anyway. And all my friends are going to be there and we're going to be partying. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, I just don't feel, and this is somebody who's, I will say I am a Christian. So for me to feel that way, I mean, I get it. You don't know, don't judge somebody. I heard a saying, um, don't judge don't judge a book by the chapter that you came in on because you have no idea and I think it it, it, it made me step back because I've, I've, I've always kind of had that attitude of um, it's a coward's way out however in that case all I could think of is you know what you need to get off your high horse because you have no idea and you of all people who struggle with it should know what it's like when you're, it feels like you're drowning. I mean, you mm-hmm. you don't have anywhere to go. So I know what it feels like and then multiply it and multiply it and multiply it where it's unbearable. And I, so it made me get off my high horse a little bit and humbled me. And like I said, it pulled me out of my self-pity party I was having a little bit and that was my first thought that he was that alone he couldn't go to his bandmates he couldn't go to he couldn't go to his wife couldn't wow. go to his wife couldn't go to yeah that that really struck me and no one will know what was going on in his head right only he he will take he took it to the grave yep and that's one reason why I shared it with Ryan, because I wasn't going to, because I've always seen it as a weakness, something weak in me that I just, I have to get out of my own head. And sometimes you can't, you shouldn't bear that weight. Yeah. And to feel like that you have to is just, it's just sad. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking. And my heart goes out to his family. 
what his wife must be thinking and struggling with. Because it's not like it could be prevented. I mean, it could, you know, it's not like, it's not like it was something that couldn't have been prevented. Had he reached out? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. We, we have no idea. We don't know. We have no idea. Sometimes it, sometimes it makes no difference. It's like that cliche, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And they might be hearing what you're saying, but to really feel it is something different. Mm-hmm. So my heart just went out to, and my first thought, my first thought was that's sad he did it when he was alone. And then the second thought was, what about his family? And how does his mm-hmm. bandmates feel? How does it, how, how do they feel? I mean, that has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that struggle. Yeah. And all that. And it's the, the aftermath that's the hardest because that person's gone, but everybody else in his life is still there trying to grapple with that. And sometimes that, that, that there have been a couple of times where I had a razor blade in my hand and the only thing that kept me from slicing open my wrist was the aftermath. The thought of the aftermath. My mom. My brother. You know, my partners, whatever was going through my head. Sometimes that's the only thing that stops you. And sometimes it's not enough. So that was my thought. So what? So what? Say we lift the room room a little bit. And, <laughs> Boy, uh, that was t- heavy. Yeah, no kidding. We were talking um, about some heavy stuff before we went on air too. Man, we just burned down a room in a hurry. Yeah, no so the, the the Stanley Cup final begins tomorrow night. <laughs> Nashville versus Pittsburgh. Nashville going to their first Stanley Cup final, and Pittsburgh looking to be the first repeat champion since the Detroit Red Wings did it in '97 and '98. Your thoughts, Ryan, on this potential matchup? <laughs> He has uh, none. He's stunned, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I had, I had no. I mean, NHL and I are no longer talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I haven't been. Fault. Yeah, I. I could. I. I've, I've talked about. I've talked about it on the podcast before. <laughs> so, um, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure that most of our <laughs> listeners are. It's like, yeah, we get it. (laughs) (laughs) The Memorial Cup final is happening right now in Windsor, Ontario, with the host city, Windsor, in the championship game versus the Erie Otters. Ryan, your thoughts? (laughs) Go Otters. Well, Well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the Windsor Spitfires are involved. I mean, (laughs) you know, they're, they're, they're usually go pretty deep in the Memorial Cup most years anyway. At, at least, and at least to my memory, and I don't, I follow that less than I follow the NHL. <laughs> so, um, actually, I was uh, we talk talk about the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. The 40th anniversary <laughs> of Star Wars just happened last Thursday. Ryan, your thoughts? <laughs> he has none. <laughs> just in stitches. So yeah, <laughs> so I, I figured we kind of go around the 
table here and uh, talk talk about like our first our first like because because all all three of us are very are very much Star Star Wars fans, so I'd, I'd yes. be in- interested to kind of hear all of our different you know perspectives and journeys and whatnot. You want to lead us off? Well, yes. The uh, my first memory was um, was act was actually the uh, the uh, Re- Return of the Jedi, and it was the I, I was watching it with my parents and a couple fa- family friends, and the I, I the first scene I see when I think of act you know an act active memory was the uh, was. Kind of the same one. Um, Emperor Palpatine was I mean, the bolt, bolts on uh, on Luke, which I mean that's pretty, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a pretty uh, in, intense intense moment. So um, that that's I think that that's kind of like the, the earliest that that I have, and then it it's it slow, slowly picked picked up as I went went into um like went went into college and then the and the special edition yeah let's <laughs> those came out and yeah so what 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 about you uh scarlet well my dad well you have to understand my background because when i was little i was i was a very um sensitive child let's put it that way so my father was very my father was a single father for almost two years, and then uh, Star Wars came out when I was four. So also about that same time, Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. came out. And my parents went to go see Indiana Jones, and um, (laughs) my dad came back and decided that Harrison Ford must be evil. Um, I don't know. It was was weird because my, my... my parents talked about, I heard about Star Wars from my cousins and, you know, but I wasn't allowed to see it. I was allowed to see it when I was 16. When Return of the Jedi came out, they had all three movies playing in the theater, um, the special thing, and my cousins were going to go, and, and I went. I was 16. Now, in the the time I was four to the time I was 16, I became fascinated with Star Wars because it was forbidden. Okay, so what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And now my parents went and saw it and they decided it was too intense for my little mushy mind. That's your uncle talking. <laughs> no joke. My dad was my dad was so overprotective. How am I going to explain this? <laughs> So what I did is I, I like read all the books. I got everything I can get my hands on. I studied up. I was a big Carrie Fisher fan. I decided I wanted to be her when I grew up. I wanted to be Princess Leia. So I did a lot of research on her and a lot of... We were watching a show the other day and Frances Fisher was in it. And I said, oh, that's Carrie Fisher's stepmother. And Ryan looked at me like, how the hell do you know that? And believe me, I know everything. <laughs> I just did a lot of research. I read a lot when I'm, you know, when I was young. So I didn't get to see the movie though until I was 16. And I wanted to smack my dad so bad because I was like, what was the big fucking deal about that? 
Now I can understand maybe Empire Strikes Back being a little intense. Yeah, yeah. And Return of the Jedi being a little re- intense, but not Star Wars. Come on. Yeah. So, and, and yet the yeah. first movie that I ever saw in the theater, I remember this, was E.T. E.T. was far more intense than Star Wars. If you wanted to, if you From want to get down to it, when I was nine years old, when I was nine years old. So when you look at, look at it that way, yeah. So I, I was bitter for a while. <laughs> Still am, maybe. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I know a lot of Star Wars trivia and history of the actors and you know that kind of thing. Most so. of most of my childhood uh, memories of Star Wars are the 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 books that they put put mm-hmm. out. Like they did one. Like if you're Familiar with uh, the Berenstein Bears, mm-hmm. as far as like how, like the like the size of the books that we're talking about, right? They they put they put one out like uh, of the uh, of the uh, Empire Strikes Back, I where they that. where they had they had like screenshots of of the scenes, and you know they I and did Star to, Wars too, to, yeah. yeah. And I had a pop up, had a pop up Star Wars book. That I'd gotten from the library, I was fascinated by the Millennial Falcon. That was so intricately done. Mm-hmm. I was just fascinated by the mechanics of the book, not what it was saying because it was written for like a five-year-old. But still, I was like, you know, I was fascinated with stuff like that and how things piece together. And, but I never understood what my dad, what my dad had against. And I'm, I'm convinced he had a problem with Harrison Ford. Uh, scrambling my brains but yeah later on he watched all the indiana jones movies he watched all the star wars movies you know so he kind of grew out of it but i don't know just kind of weird that he was so protective of me he shot first you know that that's probably why yeah that's true yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, so what about you so i kind of uh got into star wars a little bit around the back way, if you will, because uh, my first, one of my very first exposures to Star to Star Wars came through my my already very strong uh, fandom for Star Trek. So I was a Trek guy before I was ever a Star Wars guy. Ah, interesting. And, and you know, that debate will exist between nerds for, for oh, yeah. ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to open up that can it's of worms not, here. It's not there's, there's, debate, there's, in my opinion. It's, you, you like what you like. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you do. And you, you know what? So. There's nothing wrong with liking both. Exactly. Because yeah. I like both. Right. Yeah. So, so one of my, uh, one of my older cousins was a big fan of, of Star Wars, but I couldn't understand why. It was just something that because I was so rooted in Star Trek, I couldn't quite grasp, I couldn't quite, quite grasp what is the appeal here? So when the uh, when the special edition uh, Star Wars first came out back to the theaters in '97, when they did when they had uh, New Hope, uh, Empire, and Return in the theaters again, I thought, you know what? I didn't see these in the theater because I was too young when they when Star Wars came out. Uh, I missed out on Empire, but I did see Return as little, little tiny squirt. Uh-huh. So, but, of course, what do I remember at that point? Nothing. Right. So I thought, this is my per- the perfect chance for me to go and see him again. So that's what I did. I I got to have the movie theater experience as, you know, as a high school kid, like most people did in, this, in 77 when they were young adults and they got 
that chance to see it. Of course, you know, I got the, you know, the special edition stuff where, you know, they gussied it up yeah. here and there, which was fine. It didn't, it, it was, it was a thing, big deal. But that's really where I started coming into it. And I was like, oh, all right. And I really found myself with Empire really like, wow. I mean, of course, I already knew what happened, uh-huh. but it's like, wow, that just being able to know what happens and then see what happens, especially on the big screens. There are, there are movies that are meant to be seen on the big screen. Yeah. And that w- Empire is definitely on that list. Mm-hmm. So being able to see like, wow, now I get it back back then when this was such a big deal. Yeah. And it's all you talked about for days, weeks, months at a time. It's like, wow, do you, you remember that scene when, you know, cut, you know, the hand, and, you know, cut it off and you know, I'm your father and all that. Just, wow, being at that time. And, <laughs> yeah. and now it's with that, well, of course, this was 20 years ago. It's like, wow, I can see then why it's such a big deal. And now as our generation has grown up and now they have kids and now they can take their kids to uh, now with the sequels coming out with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi and all these new ones that are coming out. It's like this thing is just had such a huge impact. And for, for me, it's like as someone who's been in the in the world of costume and cosplay for the last 17 years. Oh, and it's just, a endless just, fountain. Just yeah. seeing how people can have an interpretation of what a Sith would would carry, carry themselves based on the expanded universe or Darth Maul was their guy because he had the double-bladed lightsaber. Uh-huh. and Or yet one of my friends told me, it's like, we, we had this conversation. Who, out of all the characters, which which lightsaber of theirs would you have? And, he, and without missing a beat, Count Dooku. And I was like, why? I was like, I don't know. Because it was like the off angle, or because something? it was it had the curved hilt. Uh-huh. And I was like, "You're right." Yeah, that that was definitely an innovative. And of course, for me, it's like it's Mace Windu. I mean, come on. So, oh, I know. So <laughs> it's so that's kind of how I got into it. Star Wars will never supplant Star Trek, in my opinion, but I have a healthy admiration for the story, for the characters, and really for its impact on well society at large. I mean, it really does tell some, it has some really good values in it. It really does. Mm-hmm. That you can, well, trust the force, really. When we went, when I started college, I went to a community college and I took a, a comparative religion class. And our final was to watch bits and pieces of Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi and pick from it. Um, Jedi-like sayings and take Jedi as a religion and compare it to the other religions that we were studying. It was very interesting because we took quotes from Yoda Uh (laughs) and just, it was like, and I don't know, Joseph Campbell, who is a big um, religion guy, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, guru, George Lucas actually took a lot of the Jedi from the writings of Joseph Campbell, which is interesting. Another useless fact about Star Wars that <laughs> I happen to know. That's not a useless know. fact. <laughs> but I just know that I, I know all these weird little facts that are just like, where the hell did you find that out? Anyway, but um, so that was kind of interesting to see it from a religious, like Jedi as a religion. Mm-hmm. 
because it's never it's always alluded to but it's never really portrayed that way right heavily i mean it's just i think kind of alluded to i think part of that also depends on what religion it is because there's Mm -hmm. western world religion and christianity and all the all the uh, denominations and then there's also eastern religion where you have shinto and buddhism and Taoism and yeah i discovered i discovered through that class um i took that class to figure out not what i believe but why i believe it and i came out of there stronger strongly rooted in my beliefs but i also knew they were fluid i'm not the average christian i'm not you're not the average anything (laughs) no no you mean yeah no and I go big or go home. But um, my whole thing is that I found that I actually am more Hindu. Is more really what spoke to me. Because each home has a different idol to a different god. And we're talking the god of plumbing, the god of electricity. I mean, you can make it, you, you made any god you want for your home and basically the hindu the gist of it is different paths same destination as long as you're not hurting anybody you have your path i have my path and i've 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 always have operated that way um ever since then because i really if you want to get down to putting a label on me i'm more um universalist in that and that's what they believe, you know. Same same destination, different paths. So to study Jedi from a totally different direction was just fascinating to me. That I think that kind of solidified that belief. And I really, yeah, I think it's more Eastern. Go with what you feel. Go with what you know. And then they came up with midichlorians and totally threw that out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I could I could rant 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 on for 30, 30 minutes about that, but then I'm just then You're then just I'm ranting. then I'm just being a pedant, <laughs> and it's and yeah. <laughs> but see, in 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 Star Wars world, you can take what you want from it and get rid of the rest. Because God knows, I want to get rid of Jar Jar. I'm sorry. <sighs> um, yeah, it was such a weird experience going to see Episode One in the theater. I was all set for it. Sat there for 20 minutes before I even knew what the hell was going on because I was fixated on this idiot Jar Jar. And I wanted to walk out of the theater. I really did because it was just, that's how it affected me. Now, I know there are people who love Jar Jar. I am not one of them. But he's central to the, I mean, he wasn't just there for no reason. Later on. (laughs) but for that episode i had to go what were you smoking george i'm just curious what were you smoking or you know yeah so it was just like so it was different but it was a surreal experience yeah i have my issues with the prequels and we won't get into that (laughs) well let's just say that the sequels i think are much they've grabbed my attention yeah 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 i i I'm all for the sequels. And it's just a real shame that Carrie Fisher won't be in them. And uh, Han Solo yeah, is yeah. no more. And 
Now, now, now we get to make new stories. Exactly, exactly. And but nothing is ever going to be the same. And yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's just kind of a thing to. It made me feel old when it said 40th anniversary. I was like, oh god, because it came out when I was four. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel old. <laughs> I read an I read an uh, an article from uh, online from Entertainment Weekly, and they they had just done some photo shoots for the upcoming uh, the upcoming film, and there were some comments in in it. Of course, there's nothing spoiler related in it, but uh, that how uh, Force Awakens was uh, you know essentially Han, Sol- Han Solo's. Uh, film this one's going to be luke's and carrie fisher had wanted episode nine to be hers and that and that's uh that's what the that's where they were headed is that it was going to be hers that episode nine was going to be uh centered around uh general leia but Mm -hmm. and they've of course we don't know what's going to come around we don't even know what's going to happen now of course with last jedi so i'm sure that whatever they decide to do they'll they'll find a way to tie up all the loose ends or odds and ends with, you know, the, the big three with Han and Luke and, and uh, general Leia. So, although, although I really hope Mark Hamill gets to say, had get, you know, lines of dialogue in this yes. one. Yes. <laughs> well, and he's my least favorite of the three. And I, I can't tell you why, huh. because I think it's because Harrison Ford was such a, forbidden thing in my house okay, oh, for yeah. a while and so forbidden i really fruit. and it was like i was fascinated and i've always considered him when i got into an adulthood i always he, he, he can act and i've always he's one of my favorite actors and for whatever reason so my dad's a little plan backfired <laughs> but um but carrie fisher has always been you know She's that strong female presence, and I think a lot of little girls wanted to grow up to be her. Mm-hmm. So, and Mark Hamill's just sort of there. <laughs> Although I like him as he gives it goes. I I don't like him because he's such a whiny punk in Star Wars. Oh well, yeah, in the so, first, yeah, in the New Hope, yeah, yeah. But when he gets into Empire, we're gonna touch the station, pick up some power converters. Well, the apple didn't exactly fall far from the tree. <laughs> it's not <Yes>. fair. <laughs> I should be on the Jedi Council. They should make me a Jedi <laughs> yeah, Master. That's true. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a far cry. We're keeping that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's such a far cry from the voice of Darth Vader. You know, it's such a far cry from the oh, I know. brat. So it, it just, anyway, it's just an interesting little tidbit. I just didn't like him. Although by the time he gets to Jedi, okay. Yeah. Okay, I could accept him. But he's not my favorite. But I was I was disappointed that he didn't have any speaking lines and he didn't have any. You don't see. <laughs> yeah, him. we you don't. We him didn't one, see him until the, like the last minute. You see him in like thirty seconds of him right. just staring at the camera. 
<laughs> with a beard and just uh, anyway. <laughs> if you are a fan of the series Bad Lip Reading on YouTube, there is a Bad Lip Reading version of The Force Awakens, and <laughs> Mark Hamill does a really killer Harrison Ford imitation. So he redubbed as one of the guests for this episode of Bad Lip Reading. He, <laughs> oh, did, nice. he did all of the dialogue for Harrison Ford. Oh. Now, see, I can see that. And that's something yeah. I do like about Mark Hamill is he's done a lot of voice work. Yeah, he's a, cool, a he's very, very accomplished, accomplished voice actor. Yeah. Like, he he really, I mean, I, I will always lo- love him for what for his Joker in Batman the Animated mm-hmm. Series. Mm-hmm. And just, um, he he was, uh, um, I heard an inter- interview where uh, where he went into the whole, the whole backstory of how, yeah. of how he got, how he got it, where he went in with the, with the attitude. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be the best damn Joker that they ever fired. <laughs> and so and then and then you know they're like um you 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 got it it's like wait wait no 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 i can't do it and 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 he had he talked about all of the little insecurities he mm-hmm. had and then for a long while he had to, to he had to do joker standing up like he could not he could not be sitting he could not sit down i can see and that do, you know i can see that yeah. He just, uh, he's just an amazing voice actor. He never caught on to me. I think the next film I saw him in was The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. Huh. Which was right around 78, 79, right around the same time Star Wars came out. Yeah, two, like maybe two years 80, later. Maybe 80, 81, something like that. And it had uh, Reba McIntyre in it, who I think is a fabulous actress okay don't get me wrong but it just that movie just kind of solidified oh mark hamill stinks (laughs) (laughs) until i got older and i could appreciate him a little more you know so i think he's an awesome voice artist he just yeah it doesn't surprise me he can do that with harrison ford yeah it's definitely worth a worth looking into for sure it'll 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 make you kind of uh, view Kylo Ren a little differently. It'll make you yeah, view, uh, yeah, definitely uh, Han Solo a little, a little differently in terms of how uh, Mark Hamill portrays some of the lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when it talks about the gift shop at uh, Star Killer Base. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that that's a that's a nice little uh, little Easter egg there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one of one of one thing that I would always that I've always cherished was uh, well another book. Um, it, it was all like a picture, like a picture book that it was, uh, of all the different like locations in star wars and they were all like the the um when they were in pre-production of uh a new hope and so they were just trying to they they were um i forget what it put i mean um like a collection of oil paint paintings of like different as they were just coming up with stuff i mean um i'm sure there's a number of people yelling at their computer screens it's it's it was so and so it's this series and blah, 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 or whatever so the uh so this book that i'm talking about actually has those paintings and then um 
so it it shows a lot of like the 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 concept art pieces that they that they were draw, drawing at and as they were in uh, pre production of all of all the uh, of, of all those movies, and it's told like uh, like from different different points of view, like um, like they they did uh, tat tattooing like it was like it was part like in a. Uh, like like in a university class class or something like a um or and then one was like like on one planet it was told from the point point of view of some someone that's like he was like a low a low, low on the totem pole in the empire and he was part of like a scouting team and he was sent sent to the to this one like really u- ugly pl- planet to kind of scope scope it out and so and so you you get like like different like flavors of of like so they so it it's written with like the attitude of what what of this you know fictional person so i i got that i think i was in like high in high school and so that um i I've, I've always like i've i've always gone gone back to that book every once in a while so um I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, but with the new stuff that's coming out, I was kind of di- disappointed with one. Uh, well, well, this was actually announced sometime when when Disney bought uh, Luke, Lucas Arts, and they 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 said that they would not be incorporating in, any of the expanded universe. I I would I. I will. I will say, I was a bit disappointed because there's a lot of great. There's a lot of great stuff going on that in in the expanded universe. I mean, it's cropped up like a num- number of video, video games that I've spent many hours playing. But <laughs> and so, so that's 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 part of it. But I mean, if but I I can I can see why they would say that because they wouldn't want to be beholden to a certain. Like canon, at, at, as you would, as you would, it's like, you know, if they're going to be coming, you know, I mean, you, you have to kind of bring some new stuff to the table at at this point. I mean, you can't just like rehash. I mean, rehash that period of the of history. I mean, it's like we that story's kind of been told at this point. So you kind of got to make make up some new stuff, like, and then um, one. Well, one of the new things that they came came up that I really like was uh, Rebels. That's on I think it's Disney XD, and um, they're they're they actually they took one of the kind of going back to the concept art like one of the original drawing when they were thinking of uh, Chewbacca, they took one one of those like one of those early concept art drawings that you know, didn't pass the cutting room floor. They took one of those and said, Hey, we'll use this, turn him into a character. This, this one would be just fine as an, and they kind of like made, like invented a new, a new race with the whole backstory just from that. So it'd be interesting. I mean, yeah, part of me is disappointed that they're not incorporating the expanded universe, but it's, it, I'm interested to see what they come up with come uh, going forward. Once we kind of get, kind of 
yeah, clo- close out the series series as we know it today and see what what new stuff gets created. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, it's something that you know has been in the care of these characters and these actors and these writers and these directors for many years, and we're not they're not going to stay around forever. So no. it's it's good to see some different perspectives, some different ideas being put out there. Are they always going to be ideas that fans will like? No, but that doesn't mean that if in their execution, they can still tell a very compelling story in the long run. That's what we need. That's what we, that's what it'll take for the franchise to continue to thrive going into the future. That's the same thing with Star Trek, how they've, you know, it only played for three years. Yeah, it only played for that short amount of time, mm-hmm. and yet, fifty-one now. years later. Yeah, yeah. And how and how many TV series sent? I mean, we have next next gen, uh, Voyager, DS DS nine, um, and and then the nu- numerous, the movies, yeah, the, the movie movies. like a- Abrams you know, made, and so and the new Star Trek Discovery that's going to be coming out this summer. That's. Yeah got my interest that's for sure i saw william shatner on some some tv show that we were watching from like way back like in the 70s 80s something like that and all i could think of is god he looks young (laughs) and he can't act i don't know why he wanted to talk in this why he chose to talk like this all the time you see he (laughs) revealed that he talked because he could remember his lines. I think it's funny because if you ever heard him, I, I'm sure you have, but if you've seen him karaoke, they have clips of him trying to karaoke and it's just, he sings just like he talks. I mean, he talks through the whole thing <laughs> and he talks with that. Oh boy. I'm a rocket, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I'm sure you've seen that, but I just was like, Okay, don't quit your day job. Go back to acting. Go yeah. back to acting. Go back to acting and producing <laughs> and directing and yeah. But I just I've always thought that he could act too. So I think if you get a good story and you get the right people playing the characters, then you've got something. Mm-hmm. And Star Trek and Star Wars are both have that. Well, and again, the now we've had the same guy direct a Star Trek movie and a Star Wars movie. There's no debate. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Star Wars, Star Trek. It's kind of, you know, they've they've it's kind what of you like, yeah, yeah, what you like more. Because I like them both, and they're pretty equal, yeah. right up there. Yeah, but that's just me. You do you. Exactly. That's, that's the thing here is you like what you like, and that's that's good. What I don't like is lame storytelling. I mean, if he doesn't have a good story, yeah, I don't care how good the acting is, you're going to lose me. And that's where having a good director comes in comes in play. At least, yeah. at least with movies, but I mean, if we're talk, if we're talking TV, then even TV. then it's writers. Then <laughs> even TV, because I got I got to tell you, like, I'll give you a great example, and you're right about writing too. 
I'll give you a great example. Preacher. They butchered Preacher so bad. Ryan and I, Ryan had never read the comic book. I have. And he sits there and he, I just, I just. He couldn't. said, "I don't want to. I don't want to read it. I want. I don't. Don't tell me anything about it. Just let's watch it and enjoy it." I said, "Okay." From your point of view, I want to see somebody who's never seen it if they get it. We sat there for what four episodes? I, I don't think we made it past three, actually. Before we were like, we don't know what the hell's going on, and yeah. it's so far away from the comic book, I couldn't get into it. The casting. Was well, wrong. see that that didn't that didn't even ent- enter into it. I just couldn't. I just couldn't get a grasp of it because it was they were working on so much backstory mm-hmm. and not focusing on the plot. That's my opinion. Those of you who like Preacher, I don't mean to butcher it, but I'm just saying for me, it just it had yeah, you didn't have the right writing, and you didn't have the right directing, and you didn't have the right casting. If you don't have all that, it's gonna fall apart. For some people, and there's one there's one series that's kind of in the same vein, um, vein that I've recently got gotten into. That's actually it's actually based on a sci-fi uh, series um, that started in 2011. Um, it's uh, on sci-fi, The Expanse, and it's set in the you know if set in I think it's like 250 years into the future. And man, mankind is colonizing the uh, the solar system. So there's people living living on Mars. There's like groups I think they call them belters that you know they hop on the station in the asteroid belts and then and they you know mine the asteroids because really that's you know where, that's where you find a lot of precious metals and everything. And so there there's um, Unfortunately, there are no lightsabers. There are no blasters, but <laughs> but but you still I mean, can you get, get into it. Yeah, I mean, you get. I mean, you get you get a um, you. It kind of has aspects of Star Wars because you're traveling amongst planets. You see that you know there's kind of like a different feel to like eat each one. Kind of, so you kind of get that that from it, and also you know you get in like you know the, the cross planet. Terry politics and how and stuff so um so character development mm-hmm, yeah i think that you start to empathize with the characters whether they're quote good guys or bad guys you still one of the one of the um i haven't been watching it that much but i do watch it watch the pieces of it mm-hmm. and the the woman in charge she gives me the creeps but i love her because she's a really good actress she does oh the you're talking about the old like woman that's on on earth mm-hmm. that they've been focusing on okay yeah yeah, yeah she's she's creepy <laughs> yeah but um just it's interesting it's just the the concept is interesting if you can keep the concept then it's not going to be star wars or star trek no no we're i mean gonna have it's that following and it's kind of like in between here and Star Wars, I mean, because it's we're we're still stuck in our own solar system, so we haven't gotten we haven't exactly gone interstellar, but we're, you know, we're across on on other planets, and so, and so yeah, and then the the like their their phones were pretty much just the screen, yeah, 
<laughs> Speaking of which, it's just it was just the screen, and it's like tra- transparent thing, and they and it's like an AR type type of thing. So yeah, you de- you definitely get get like some aspects of Star Star Wars tech, and you know, and so and you know, no spa- spacey wacy kind of conversations, and <laughs> but no lightsabers. No, no. <laughs> Although I don't think it needs lightsabers anyway. That that would just look weird. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I think we've run for one of our course so. here. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to let, let, yeah, let's go ahead and put a button on this one. So, I do thank you for listening. Um, I. So, so yeah, <laughs> thank, thank you for doing that. If you made it this far, um, if you liked or didn't like what what you heard, please post a co- comment and use the uh, and use the channels uh, found on the contact page at hovpodcast.net and um, please well well subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. But again, that well anyway, yeah, thanks. <laughs>